Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading from John 17. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, in the Gospel of John, the climax for Maundy Thursday is not the institution of the Lord's Supper. He doesn't actually include it, by the way. But a prayer. That is the apex. That is the pinnacle. That is the climax of Maundy Thursday for the Gospel of John. Jesus prays. He prays to his Father. And he doesn't pray silently. He lets the eleven, and he lets you and me hear this prayer to his Father. Why? Why, 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 why? Because this intimate father-son relationship that he enjoys, he wants us to enjoy as well. And this John 17 prayer gets the job done. Gets it done. This prayer, not just words, but words that work, what the words say. Jesus' John 17 prayer pulls us into the life of intimacy with the Father forever. Did anyone's jaw drop when you heard uh, Jesus pray? to God, saying, Father? Probably not. Uh, we have become comfortably numb to how shocking and awing this name Father is. Do you know how many times God is called Father in the Old Testament? Take a shot. Right now. Anyone? Hmm? Anyone? All you need, okay, all you need, folks, up. Two hands and one foot. Fifteen times. Fifteen times God is called Father in the entire Old Testament. You're going to need a whole lot more hands and feet to count the number of times God is called Father in the Gospel of John, do you want to take a guess? Over 100 times. And of course, Jesus is the big user of that proper name, Father. Uh, that's kind of easy for us to understand because Jesus is God's Son. He alone has the divine right to call God Father. But what is so life-transforming for us this morning is that Jesus doesn't want to be an only child. He doesn't want to be an only child. And he makes this point in John chapter 12 using some farm language. And we're in farm country, so I think this is very appropriate. John 12, 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground, into the earth, and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, 
it bears much fruit. Jesus sighs and he dies to supersize his family. This is his mission. Our Lord's mission is to reveal in his flesh, crucified, dead, buried, that God is no longer just his father, but also your father and my father. The cross uh, screams a relationship change, a relationship status change for all of us, for the better, forever. Because of God's glory at Calvary, there's an intimacy. Now, with the Father that we enjoy eternally. In this John 17 prayer, uh, there are seven petitions. We only get a few of them in our gospel reading this morning. The first two are actually petitions for himself. The rest are for the church, for you and for me. And we get those first two petitions, the first two petitions for himself in our gospel reading. Petition number one, verses one through four. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. The hour in the Gospel of John is code word for, 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 for the betrayal, the beatings, the being lifted up on the cross, the bearing of the world's sin, and of course, the burial. Everything about the hour is gory. G-O-R-Y, gory. But surprisingly, so unexpectedly, in the gory, Jesus reveals the glory. The glory of God. The glory that is full of grace and truth. Yeah, the hour. The hour is overflowing with grace upon grace. For Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And now nothing precludes and excludes us from the Father's family. It is finished. It's finished. Full atonement, paid and made. Now we are together with the Father forever. The cross is the great at-one-ment, making holy God and sinful you one. Making holy God and sinful me one. We can kiss goodbye all the separation, all the alienation, all the isolation. The cross, dear friends, overcomes all barriers. Bridges every single chasm between us and God. And that's why Jesus can say in John 12, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. See, his desire is to embrace everyone as F 
A-M-I-L-Y, family. That's its desire. The hour uh, really conveys that truth, the truth that anyone, absolutely anyone, can become the true son, the true daughter of the Most High God. That's eternal life. Eternal life isn't out there. Eternal life isn't you getting to heaven. Eternal life is right here and right now. Jesus defines eternal life in our gospel reading this morning. He defines it using terms of an intimate relationship. The most intimate relationship possible. Knowing God as your tender, loving Father, and Jesus as the sent one who makes possible this intimate relationship with the Father by going through the hour. The hour! Oh yeah, he will go through the hour, all right. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Even though Jesus sighs and dies, he will rise. He lives. He lives. He shall die no more. There in the upper room, Jesus talks about the hour as though it had already been accomplished. Like it was done. As though he had already risen and ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And that's because Jesus, he ain't clueless. He no dummy. He knows where all of this is going, and that's why he prays petition number two. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Here's a prayer for his exaltation to the right hand of the Father, which we celebrated a day early here at Grace, right on Wednesday. <laughs> We're just pre-gaming for the, the church at large, right? Celebrating the ascension of our Lord. See, our Lord's desire is to stand in the flesh before the face of his Father in the Father's home. The very Father. Who has no... Who's the very Father, the very face. The very face of the Father. The very face that has no distrust no disgust, no disdain whatsoever. The very face that is just beaming with delight and pleasure. The Father's face that is beaming on us, shining on us even now. The very face that has only wonder and awe an amazement in it because we are his. We are his. We belong to the Father. And this is the mission of the Son. And uh, it's accomplished. Remember what Jesus says to Mary Magdalene that first Easter morning? He says, Go, go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. 
Jesus' Father is now your Father and my Father. What an intimate life that we enjoy with God as our Heavenly Father. An intimate life that just, you know, flourishes and deepens and grows through the, through the, through the Word. The Word. Because of God's Word, this life of intimacy with the Father becomes known more and more fully by you and me. See, the Word, dear friends, dear family, <laughs> you're my siblings, right? That's right. Let's act like it. We're siblings. The Word forks over the name over and over and over again, the very name that gives us a new father, a new family, a new future, as Jesus prays here in our text, verses 6 through 8. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I have manifested your name to the people. What name? What name? Boogeyman? <laughs> Hannibal Lecter? Homer from The Simpsons? <laughs> what name? Through the Son's words, the Son reveals the name of the one true God, Father. Father, does not your heart skip with joy for such privileged knowledge? Is there any knowledge bigger and better than this? This takes the cake. Nothing tops knowing that God is your Father and that God is my Father. Of course, the only reason that we can actually pray to God and call God Father is because of Jesus, who shares the special relationship he has as Son to the Father, and he shares this relationship with us through words. Through words. Through words. That's why we stand with Peter in John chapter 6, crying out, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Yes, we don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> we don't want to go anywhere. Jesus has the words that awaken in us more and more this intimate life we have with the Father. Not a dull life. Not a dull life. Always more to discover. Always more to delight in. Always deeper and deeper to go and to grow. We can never actually plumb the depths of this relationship with our Heavenly Father completely. This Father who will never abandon us, leave us, forsake us. 
This Father who is ever faithful toward us, this Father who has such pride saying to each and every one of us, my child, this Father who has no disappointment and disgust with any of us, this Father who has only approval and acceptance for all of us, this Father who is always going to bat for us, this Father who has a room in His heavenly mansion for each of us, this Father who has already made His home among us and with us and even and even in us. In us. God the Father is as close as your breath and mine. Amazing. That's what it means to live. Truly live. Not next week, not next year, not in heaven, today. Here and now, this very second. See, life for us isn't out there in the future. We are not chasing after life. We are not building a life. We are not making a life. We are not earning a life. Life has already found us. The one who is life in his being. The Father. He has found us. He claimed us as his own in the waters of holy baptism. And he said, you are mine. And he hasn't stopped saying that. He continues to say that every single day. You are mine. You can't find more sure and certain words than that. The Father's words, you are mine. You're mine. You're my kiddo. These are the words that hold us, dear friends, every single day of our lives. These are the words that hold us in our depression, hold us in the dysfunction, hold us in the disappointment, hold us in the diagnosis, hold us in the disease, hold us in the divorce, hold us in the death and dying. These are the words that hold us in life and most especially in death. And it can be awfully easy to forget these words. And that's why our Lord prays that these words would have their way with us. There is so much distraction and distortion in this world. A world that's very hostile to God, trying to get us to take our eyes off of who our God is, Father. And so Jesus, he prays that we would remember every single day whose we are. John 17, verses 9 and 10. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am glorified in them? Let that sink in for a moment. I am glorified in them. Prepositions matter, folks. And Jesus doesn't uh, make mistakes when he speaks. This guy does sometimes. You do, of course. Jesus never. He gets all of his prepositions right. I am glorified in them. 
Are we not shocked by these words? Do we not understand what Jesus is saying with these words? As we bask and bathe in the Father's your mind, spoken through the sermon, spoken through the songs, spoken through the scriptures, spoken through the supper, Jesus' glorious presence is made visible not just with us, but in us. The glory that is full of grace and truth, the glory that manifests who we are, that we are the beloved children of God who have been connected to the first love, the original love. The uninterrupted, unconditional, divine love. And so we love. We love because he first loved us. And dear friends, my family in Christ, my brothers and sisters, you and I know that this love comes in many shapes and sizes. The love that we have for one another. Many in various words and works, and all of the love, though, all of the love that we show one another gives the same message, the very message that the Father's love gives to us. You are mine. You're mine. You're mine. We are not those who just belong to the Father. We are those who belong to one another. This intimate love that we share with the Father is shared among us here at GLC. Dear friends, my family, let us make this love visible day after day after day. After all, Jesus, this is what he prays for us, quite literally, John 17, 11. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Because of God's name, we are protected for a life of intimacy to be enjoyed right here at GLC. Because of our baptism, we can be certain that we have the same name that was given to Jesus, that name, Father. 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 That name, dear friends, is our safe place, our mighty fortress, our shield and tower, our castle. In this name, the devil can harm us not. In this name, death has no power over you and me. In this name, sin has no more say and sway. In this name, we enjoy an unbreakable and unbeatable bond with the Father. In this name, we are swept off our feet 
into a blessed union and communion of uninterrupted, unlimited, unconditional divine love. The very love that loved us first, the very love that will love us to the end, the very love that frees us to love one another, the very love that actually loves us into the Father's house. Welcome home. We're home. We're in the Father's house already. He making his home in you and we making our home in him. Don't run away from home. Stay right there. Enjoy being with the Father. He enjoys being with you. Every, everyone belongs. So let's, let's remember this name every single day. So that we remind ourselves that we are never alone. Ever, period. None of us here an only child. Because of this name, we get to sing... Children of the Heavenly Father, safely in thy bosom gather. Dear friends, my family, children of the Heavenly Father, may those words not just be words we sing. God granted that those words, children of the Heavenly Father, are words that are a way of life for us. A life of intimacy with each other. A life of conversation and connection. A life of knowing and being known. A life of becoming one. So let's encourage this oneness with our affection, our appreciation, our attention to one another as family, as God's family. That's who we are. That's Jesus, John 17, prayer for us. A prayer he prays 24-7. Holy Father, keep them in your name. In this name, there is no resentment, no revenge, no jealousy, no greed, no envy, no hatred, but only love. Only love. A love that shows, a love that shares, a love that says, you are mine. You're mine. I see you. You are so valuable to me. Because you mean everything to the Father. You now mean everything. Everything. To me. Welcome home. Come soon, Lord Jesus.